church. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, just download version. It's a great app, and I read out of the New Living Translation. Let me give you a background on kind of what we're going to do here. Um, this is kind of a setup for the next series that we're starting next week, uh, which is going to be called uh, Built to Last. Not only having uh, a year that's built to last, but a life that's built to last. And so today's kind of launching us into that. I believe that this is going to be the year of multiplication. Now, uh, where I got that was uh, several years ago, I was on a prayer retreat, and God took me back to the book of Nehemiah, and for those of you who've been a part of this church for a while, you know I've got a serious man crush on this guy. Um, <laughs> I can say that confidently. I really like Nehemiah a lot. God has spoken to me so much through that book, and our story, our church's story, really parallels the book of Nehemiah. And so if you don't know the story, let me catch you up to speed. Nehemiah lived several thousand years ago. But the children of Israel had been um, overtaken by the Babylonians and hauled off into slavery. And so Nehemiah grew up in slavery. And God spoke to him, not audibly, but kind of like he does to us. He just kind of gave him an impression. He'd heard that the walls of Jerusalem were down, that the city was in ruins. And God moved on his heart, and he went back to Jerusalem, and he rallied all the people. And in just 52 days, they rebuilt those walls. The greatest miracle, one of the greatest miracles in all of Scripture. And our story really parallels this. And we're, we're catching up at the end of the story. So there's been, there, the walls are up. People are excited. There's a celebration going on. And I'm only going to read you one verse, and it's verse 43. It's, the, it's near the end of the chapter. One verse. Here we go. Many sacrifices were offered on that glorious day. For God had given the people cause for great joy. Uh, that's my prayer for you, that God in 2018 will give you cause for great joy. Great joy would be yours. All right, five of you know that. The rest of you need joy. He's going to bring it. You're going to have moments of joy and celebration. And it says this, the, uh, the women and children also participated in the celebration, which meant they canceled kids' church, and the kids were in the worship experience. And aren't you glad I didn't do that today? Uh, yeah. All the moms are like, praise be, hallelujah, praise in the house. And it says this, and the joy of the people of Core Church. This is the people of Jerusalem, but I like saying Core Church. The, pe the joy of the people of Core Church could be heard far away, like way outside of the walls of this church, beyond our city. I'm talking multiplication. Let me pray. God. Thank you so much for this church and what you're doing. Thank you for the people that are gathered here today. I pray that today we can grab onto some joy, grab onto some stuff for us that are gonna really help some people. We all need a little bit of encouragement going into this new year. And I know you have great things for every person. So now, as you speak to us, um, as only you can do, and I ask that you would just use me as a pastor um, you got a really good word, and, and so I just want to speak what you once said in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. So when God gave me this word, uh, multiplication, uh, I got to be transparent and straight up with you. I was not excited uh, because I'm not good at math. 
So I'm just being honest. You think I, as a pastor, I should be really excited, but I just, I heard that word multiplication, and I was like, wah, wah. Just How many of you um, are not good at math? A five-finger testimony right now. Hands up, five, five of them. Yeah, okay. That's about as good as we are right there. I know that's five, all right? I mean, I'm not good at it. Uh, grade school and, and high school, I only failed one class. Math, that's the only one I ever failed. My teacher had mercy on me. She transferred me out, put me in an art class where I learned to crochet. Yeah, I can crochet with the best of them, and I was happy. Because I'm just not, I count with my fingers still. Anybody do that? One, two, three. Okay, I mean, I still do that. Anybody remember checkbooks? That was a nightmare, checkbooks. Some of y'all are like, is that like Facebook? Is that the new social media app? Do I need that? I don't have, I don't have checkbook. I don't see that app. It's not an app. <laughs> Fear of missing out. FOMO right there. Um, no, checkbooks, for, look, had some of you up to speed, okay? They used to have paper, and you wrote on it for money and signed your name to it and handed a piece of paper with your signature on it, and it was money. It was weird, but that's what we did. And, but they had this thing called the checkbook register. Come on, anybody, anybody? How many of you messed up your checkbook register? Don't testify, just half testify, half testify, okay. I, I, um, I, I wish, man, uh, I'm so glad times have changed because this is the truth, and I'm not making this up for the sake of humor. Um, I'm so bad at math that you, you would write in where you bought it, and then you put the amount, and, and I would, you know, carry the nine and put the one, and I would scratch it out and rewrite and re-amount. Got so bad in our finances that we had so many um, of those, um, of, the, of the check charges just coming in one after another till it bankrupted our account. We were in the negative. Finally, I just, I went into the banker uh, at 71st and Memorial, Continental Savings and Loan, back in the day. Um, they had, they, I bankrupted them. They're not even there anymore. <laughs> but I went in and I showed the guy my check register and he went, oh, tell you what, Mr. Farnsworth, we're going to cancel it all. We'll bring you back up to zero. Here's a new check register. It was, it was that bad. I mean, thank God for my chiseled good looks or I wouldn't have gotten anywhere in life. Yeah. Thank you. I received that man love. Um, <laughs> but I, I really believe that God uh, wants us to have a multiplication mindset as a church in 2018. And here's what I mean by that. Some people have a subtraction mindset. Uh, they, they approach 2018 like, oh, man, 2017 was a real downer. 2018's, oh, man, my job's not going to go good. My finances are going to be terrible. This relationship, blah, 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 blah. And they're very, very negative. They have no good positive outlook on, on the year at all. Then there's uh, some people, they have an addition mindset. I think most people fall into the addition mindset, and that is at least thinking positive, setting some goals and have some aspirations and some hopes. But, but typically, and well, not typically, every time with somebody when you have an addition mindset, all the goals, all, all the, the things you're hoping for that you're counting on uh, are for yourself. Everything re revolves around themselves. It's all about uh, possessions and position. It's about what can I get, and I want to get that car, and I want to get that house, I want to live in that zip code, I want to get that promotion, and I need that money for myself. And they're not thinking about themselves. They have an addition mindset. I really think that God wants us to have a multiplication mindset. What I mean by that is I think he wants us to invest our lives in other people. 
Because when we invest our lives in other people, our impact and our influence multiplies. And I really think in this crowd, I think all of us desire to make an impact or to have some kind of an influence in some way. Even if you don't believe you can, you desire to. And let me tell you where you got that. That is hardwired into you by your creator. God made you that way. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or you are not a follower of Jesus, every person on this planet desires to impact other people's lives because it's just who we are. But here's what happens. I don't know how you are. I just know how I am. So let me talk from, from my standpoint. I always default back and drift back towards an addition mindset. I mean, I, I want to care about others, and I try to think about others, but what happens to me is over and over again, I just kind of come back to me and, and my needs and my desires and my wants. So here we come to this guy named Nehemiah, and Nehemiah had a multiplication mindset, and because he had a multiplication mindset, he changed an entire nation. Now, in chapter 11, we won't read this, but in chapter 11, what we see is the walls were, were finished, they were done, and it was only the leaders in Nehemiah that were actually living in the city. It was empty, and just the leaders were in there. And then they did something. They, they called all the people to come back to Jerusalem. Now, think about that for just a moment. You ever worked hard for something? You worked really, really hard. Don't you want to just kind of enjoy it for yourself for a moment? If we're just honest... I mean, you just kind of want to, I want this kind of for me. I worked really hard for this. I want the, and they, these guys, they, you would think that's what they would do. Like we built this. Hey, before we call the people back, Nehemiah, why don't we just kind of enjoy it? Enjoy the view. I want to pick out my house and, and then we'll call it. No, no. They built the walls and Nehemiah had a multiplication mindset and they thought about others. And because they did, the city was full once again, and a nation was revived. I think it's what we all want. We all want to be like Nehemiah. We want to make an impact in this world. And this is what I love about the people of Core Church. Because this is our mindset. You all have a multiplication mindset. We all in this church, those of you that call Core Church home, I know how you think. You're always thinking of how can I influence others for the cause of Christ? How, how can I stop thinking about myself? How can I just help other people? That is what the foundation of what we've been built on, and we've been cruising now for 17 years of thinking about other people and not thinking about ourselves. I, I would say it this way, and I'd like for you to kind of say this with me. I want to put this on the screen. This is why we exist right here. Say this with me. We exist to help people find hope, healing, peace, and purpose in Jesus. Come on, tell three people right now, that's who we are. That's, that's who we are. That's the kind of people that we are. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to think back for just a moment on 2017. Just take just a moment. Think, think back to the impact you had on somebody. That just one person. It might be something huge you did, or it might be something really, really small and maybe almost seems insignificant, but it, you, you, something maybe, maybe it was something at work, maybe it was something on your campus, uh, not your family. I'm not talking about your family. I'm talking about outside of your family. Maybe your neighbor, maybe it was on a ball team. You just did something, did something good. Man, it feels good. 
feels good to do good. What if in 2018 you could multiply events like that over and over and over again, bringing hope, healing, peace, and purpose over and over again into our world? I believe that we can. And I'm going to give you some things, just some, some handles that I believe you can hold on to this year. And so there's some things I want you to write down. So if you have the message notes in front of you, I'd just like for you to write these down. And you can put them in your Bible or in your, your purse, your wallet, on your, I don't care where you put it, but just kind of keep this with you. Find a way to reflect back on it, okay? So let's look back, Nehemiah chapter 12. Let's go to verse 27, Nehemiah 12, 27. New Living Translation, that's where I'm at if you're on an app. For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to, say this with me, what? To assist in the ceremonies. One more time. To what? Assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So, so the people are excited. The walls are up. Hope has been restored. A party has broke out. I mean, there ain't no party like a Nehemiah party because a Nehemiah party... That's what I'm talking about. There's my people. Some of y'all are like, was Coolio there? Did he help rebuild the wall? So Nehemiah, Nehemiah, I, lo- I love being your pastor. I'll tell you, I was at a church recently. They never laughed one time. I was like, man, I could not go to church here. Man, I could not go to church here. So Nehemiah, he... Uh, he asked the Levites, he said, will you, will you assist in the ceremony? Will you, will you help lead the people in worship? So in 2018, here's what I, I want to ask you if you'll have a, a multiplication mindset. Would, would you be willing to assist in worship? Would you be willing to, to lead in worship? Now, I know, I know some of y'all are like, I, I ain't getting up on that stage. Uh-uh. I ain't singing that choir thing he talked about. I ain't getting in that choir. Uh uh-uh. uh. I ain't gonna get up there. I ain't gonna preach. I ain't doing it. No, I'm not asking you to lead from the stage. I'm asking you if you call Core Church home, would you lead from your seats? Will you lead from your seats? Here's what I mean. In 2017, we saw over, you ready for this? We saw over 400 people walk through those front doors for the very first time and hear the good news of Jesus. Over 400 people came through these doors. Now, here's the thing. When people come, and some of you, this is your first time with us today, and, and some of you, uh, you've been coming a little while, but here's, here's what happens. When people come for the first time, they don't just watch what's happening on the stage. They watch what you're doing. How, how do I know that? I know that because you know that. Do you remember the first time you came? You watched what was happening on the stage, but what else did you do? You watched the people around you to see if they were buying what the preacher was selling. Right? Like you hear the songs and you're like, well, see if they really buy into these songs. You're looking to see how the people are responding to the songs. You see how they're responding to the message and are they writing stuff down because the Holy Spirit believers in Christ, they write stuff down. Amen. All right. That's just a plug for me. But they're watching you. They borrow your faith. Before they embrace faith, they borrow faith. 
They're watching you, and they're like, what is this all, all about right here? So here's, here's what I, the, the thing we see here in this story is, this is what's taking place here is Nehemiah rallied the Levites and said, listen, I want you to lead them in worship, and I'm asking you to do the same thing, because I want you to write this down, because here's why, okay? Here's the first handle I want you to write down. Hope multiplies when we celebrate the Savior. Hope multiplies when we celebrate the Savior. See, some people, they come into church and they've got a subtraction mindset. They come in and they're just like, I just don't know if I like that song. I don't know. Why do they have to sing? Why do they always have to sing new songs? I don't even know. So will I. So will I. I don't, I don't understand. I, don't, I can't even, that doesn't, have, doesn't have a beat to it. I don't understand. Cute lyrics, but I'm not, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, pastor, he's just not quite as funny today as he was in the past. I don't, he's not he didn't, he's too funny. He, why is he always telling jokes all? Why does he do that voice all the time? I don't, I mean, <laughs> subtraction mindset. And some people, they come in with an addition mindset. That's, that's pretty good. Actually, you come in with an addition mindset, you're like, I'm here. I want to worship because I, I need some hope. <laughs> I need some hope. Anybody need some hope? Okay, I know I do. I'm telling you, that new song, where's Daniel? I'm telling you, that was off the chain, dude. I love that song. <laughs> Which you know that I, you know I love that song, but I have never seen you like. Did you see Daniel caught air? Did you guys see that? He caught air. Oh man, that was that was that was that was awesome. I needed that. I, I needed that. I needed that like that idea. Like when you say when you were singing that song, and I just needed that that moment. Like that's right. Man, if the rocks will do it. I'm gonna do it. We I mean, just need that, you know. And and then. And, and you come in and you, and I mean, you do, you take notes, or you're, you're thinking about what, what I'm saying, you want to try to live it out, I think that, that, that's great, you know, but that's an addition mindset that I'm just here just for me. We're not here just for me, I, I'm here because others need the hope of Jesus. Listen, listen, this is why, like, you know, some people with an addition mindset, they're like, I'll just catch the podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm a strong believer. I'm not like I'm going to fall away tomorrow. I mean, you know, I mean, hey, be in church every week, ease up, you know. I mean, you know, but I'll just catch the podcast. And, and the podcast is great. I'm not dogging the podcast. If you're not able to be here, you should listen to the podcast. I think you should do that. But can I tell you this? I think the podcast is kind of like FaceTime or Skype, you know. Anybody ever FaceTime? Like we FaceTime our, our oldest son and his family live in Los Angeles, and so we FaceTime him and, and his kids, and it's just so great talking to them, but when I'm talking to them, I just, it's frustrating because I'm like, I just want to jump through the phone and just hug them, and I can't hug them. And so for Christmas, we got on a plane and went to California. Not, we didn't have any money. I just had a grandma who's like, I ain't FaceTiming stockings, okay? You want to put me on a plane, I'm going to hug some kids, Yes, we are, baby. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to get a part-time job, throw some papers or something, but I'm, we're going we're gonna to go. And so we went, and, and, and I was there, and, and it, just, being, just being with people, you know, the, like the, in the flesh and, and the moment. Listen, we had Christmas. While y'all were freezing on Christmas Day, we were on the back porch having a Christmas dinner. Check it out. This was us in L.A., 72 degrees, and whoop, whoop, I mean... It was awesome. You can't get that on FaceTime. And you can't get this and the worship on a podcast. Okay, that's why we're in the house of God. Okay, but, 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 
But I'm not here just for myself. This is what I love about the people of Core Church. You know you're not just here for you. You know, listen, you where you sat, you think you picked that spot? You didn't pick that spot. God picked that spot for you. Well, some of you, some of y'all are like, I've been sitting here for the last five years. I am not moving. You need to move down. Okay, you ain't listening to God. Okay, but the rest of y'all, God strategically puts you by people. He's like, I'm going to put that person right there because they need to borrow your faith. I'm going to put this person right there. I'm going to put them up in the second row, first row, back row, side row. I'm going to put them everywhere in different places because I know that one person is going to be sitting right there. I know they're going to do this one thing. I know they're going to turn around. They're going to, when they say, hey, will you go, go greet them and shake their hand? When, when the preacher says, tell them three things, that guy over there, he never tells anybody anything. But this guy over here, he listens to Brad. He actually tells people what to do. And so I'm going to, I mean, this is how God thinks. I think it's how he thinks. But God does that strategically. Listen, and you guys get that. You, this is what I love about our church. Man, we are passionate about Jesus. I mean, you have, we, you don't understand the energy you have. Laura and I, we visited a lot of churches last year, a lot of different churches, um, and, and they were good. There was a lot of great churches. I'm not dogging any church. I don't know what this is about. I couldn't wait to get home because of the energy in this room. The passion in this room, the way you guys lean in. I mean, you raise your hands in worship when Eric or Daniel say, raise your hands. Um, I mean, well, some of you raise them like this. You kind of part way. You T-Rex it. You're like, all right. I'll do, I'll raise the hands. You told me to raise my hands. They're up. Okay. So, some of you are a little more committed. You do the crossing guard. You're like this. You do the crossing some of you go full-blown touchdown Jesus. Touchdown. Touchdown Jesus. Some of y'all are windshield wipers. You do this, you know, you do that. Shut the windshield wipers off. We don't want that in this church, okay? Because you're just getting in people's praise space. Everybody needs their praise space. But we get, we get excited. I mean, we clap, all right? Not very well because we're really white, but we try. We try, people. We try. That's why we clap at the end. I'm clapping at the end of songs because I'm too white to clap during the song. <laughs> That's white church. That's how you know you're in white church. They don't clap during the song. They clap after the song. That's it. All right? Just a little note for you on that. But, you, man, you, you laugh. You want to have fun. Man, I love at the, end of, like, at the end of the 945 service, our prayer team was up here and it's just packed out with people praying with people. Praying with people. I see prayer breaking out in the lobby. I come in here between services and after service, and people are praying in the seats. And, and you just, you need me to pray? Something going on, God? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. This is the kind of people we are and hope multiplies as we celebrate the Savior. All right, let's get moving here because I got a lot more ground to cover. Verse 30. Verse 30, the, the priests and the Levites first purified themselves. Then they, they what? Come on, say this with me. They what? Purified the people. They purified the people, then they purified the gates and, and the walls. See, all over our city, all over our city, people are, are broken and they're, they're wounded and they're struggling and they, they're hurting and they're in need of healing and they're searching for a solution, searching for something. They're, they're looking at substances. They're looking in a career. They're looking in money. They're looking in, a, in an unhealthy relationship. And how do I know this? Because that's who I was before I came to Jesus. You know that because that's how you were before you came to Jesus. You know that. You're like, yeah, I get that. Every week, people are pouring into these seats in need of 
healing. And we know the only cure for a sin-sick soul is Jesus. That is the only cure for a sin-sick soul. So here's what I I want you to write this down. Here's another handle I want to give you. Is healing multiplies when we intercede, invest, and invite. Healing multiplies when we intercede, invest, and invite. In other words, if you have an addition mindset, an addition mindset says this, well, I'm I'm good. I'm good, so so this is it. But, But a multiplication mindset says this, well, I'm good, but I know others aren't. And I want them to know the good news of Jesus. And you know, in 2017, this is so great. You guys, you gotta get excited about this. In 2017, we saw 60 people make a commitment to follow Jesus, and 30 people were baptized in 2017. You know why that happens? That happens because of you. Because you intercede, you invest, and you invite. Here's what I mean. Intercede. You pray for people that are far from God. You got a list of people. You know. You know them by name. You work with them. They're on your campus. They're on your ball team. You're praying for them. And you're also looking for opportunities. This is who you are. I've watched you. I've observed you. I see what you do. I am going to pray for people that are far from God. Then we invest. We just do good. This is who we are. We just go out. I'm just going to do good. I've I've just seen it. I watch it. It's so much fun to have a front row seat and watch you guys all out just doing good in people's lives. And then when the moment is right and God so prompts you, you say, hey, you know what? I want to invite you to church. I got a church I think you really, really like. This past week, it just, it happened to me because I practice this all the time. Intercede, invest, invite. I pray for people that are far from God um, every day. Uh, Every day I do that. And and then I pray, God, who, who is my God appointment? Who today do you need me to touch their life? And, and then I just go out and I just do good. I just try to do good. That's just simple. I just want to try to do good. And so um, this past week, I needed a new couch for my office. Found one on Craigslist. It's sweet. Red velvet retro couch. <clears throat> I got it. It's sweet. It's sweet. And uh, this guy wanted 100 bucks for it on Craigslist. And I said, I'll give you 75. And he said, how about 85? And I was like, sold, you know. And so I went and picked it up. And as we were leaving, I felt a prompting from God. He didn't speak to me audibly or anything like that. I just felt this prompting from God, hey, give him the whole $100. So I stopped the car. I said, Laura, do you have $15? She said, well, all I got is a 20. I said, good enough. And I so walked up to the door, knocked on the door. His daughter answered. And I said, hey, um, just give this to your dad and um, just tell him God loves him. Something like, like that. So just tell him that God loves him, and, and I just wanted you to have this Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And then as I was driving away, I got this text. Here's the text I got. His text on the left. He said, thank you so much. God bless you abundantly. And then I texted him back. I just felt like God wanted you to know he's not forgotten you, and he loves you and will always provide. Happy New Year. And then his wife got a hold of his phone. You ladies are always getting into our phone. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> But his wife says, OMG, this is Brian's wife. I just read this, and I believe God is trying to tell me that exact thing because I heard the same thing from someone else just the other day. I asked God if he really heard me, if he really wants to give me the desire of my heart. 
Although he hasn't directly answered me, he has answered me. He hasn't forgotten. Thank you. That's what it means to multiply your influence. So then in the next uh, 10 verses, it says, in verses 31 through 42, that's more than 10. I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's 12. That's 12. I know, I, know, I know some of you right now are like, no, it's not. It's 11. You got to count the 31. Boom. I do have some math skills. All right. <laughs> Somebody came up to me after first service. They're like, we were talking, and that was 11 verses. Like, that's what you got out of my message? Yes. It was. <laughs> but so Nehemiah, he organizes these choirs, and, and he sets them up in groups all across the, the, the city walls. Now, um, I know we're going to have this really cool choir for the Lent season. It's going to be different than the old school choirs uh, where you used to wear the robes. But I, I, I grew up, anybody grew up in churches with choirs and robes? Some of you, okay, some of you did. I, I did. I was a preacher's kid. I had to sing in every choir, the kids' choir, youth choir. I remember being in the kids' choir. I didn't know I want to be in this kids' choir. And, and the lady was doing, pounding the piano and doing the practice, and she stops in the middle, and she's like, who is singing an octave too high? I was like, uh. Uh, uh, I was like seven. Uh, it, it was me. And then as a youth, they made me be in this district choir. They brought all these churches from Missouri. Everybody came together, and they're going to have all the youth sing. I didn't want to do it. So me and my buddies, we were in a convenience store, and we saw these Mickey Mouse glasses. And so we bought these Mickey Mouse glasses. And what we were going to do is in the middle of the song, we were going to put them on. And so we were up, and we're singing. We got the robes on, and the place is packed out. A lot of people. And, uh, and the moment came, and I took out my glasses, and I put them on, and all my buddies left me hanging. <laughs> but man, I brought it. I was like, friends are friends forever. The Lord's the Lord of them. You know? And the, the choir director, I'm not kidding you, was like, take those off right now. Take I didn't. I didn't. And I was never asked to sing in the choir again. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. But here's what I do know about choirs. And I know when we have our choir that we're going to do, okay, it's all about harmony. Because harmony determines whether it's going to be brutal or beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's either going to be brutal or beautiful, one, one or the other. And here's the thing I know. In this world, there is so much disharmony right now. There's anger. There is injustice. There is bigotry. There is division. And the church is the place of harmony because we are the people of God with the peace of God. Come on, tell somebody you got the peace of God. You, you got the peace of God. I want you to write this down. Here's the next handle for you. All right, next handle. Peace multiplies. Peace multiplies when we move from rows to relationship. Peace multiplies when we move from rows to relationships. This is what core groups are all about. Core groups are like choirs. Those of you in core groups, you know this. I mean, it's where we learn to sing in harmony with one another. It's where we learn to live in harmony with one another. We, we get a taste of it here in, in the rows, but it's in relationship that we, that we help each other and, and we encourage one another and we care about one another and we hold each other accountable. And those of you that are in groups, you know this. I'm telling you, if you're not in a group, Grab a next step card, write down groups, get in a group. It will change your life. Listen, if you're not in a group, this is the question I want to ask you. Who is counting on you in 2018 to be involved in their life? 
Are you singing in harmony with anybody outside of your, your family? Do you have people that are there for you, pushing you in the right direction? All right, here's the last one, last thing. Verse 43 says this, many sacrifices were offered. Come on, somebody say, it's gonna take some sacrifice. <laughs> it, it's gonna take some sacrifice. It says, many sacrifices were offered that glorious and joyous day for God had given the people cause for great joy. All right, last thing I want you to write down is this. Um, purpose multiplies through generous giving and sacrificial serving. Purpose multiplies through generous giving and sacrificial serving. We have uh, something we call Discover Class, and we're going to have our next one at the end of January. And if you're new, it's the best way to get involved in Core Church and discover who we are. But not only do you discover who we are, you discover who you are. You discover that you have a purpose. God created you on purpose for a purpose. On purpose, for a purpose. And when you come to Discover Class, you, you learn that. You learn your spiritual gifts. We introduce you to the cause assessment, and you begin to discover who you are. But here's the thing about purpose. It's not enough that we know our purpose, but we've got to live out our purpose. It does no good to the world if you have the knowledge of your purpose, but you're not putting your hands or putting skin in the game. And here's the thing I know about purposeful living. Purposeful living requires generosity and sacrificial living. It's going to require generosity and sacrificial living. And the thing I, I know this is about, listen, people that have a subtraction mindset. There's some people that have a subtraction mindset. They, they, they're followers of Jesus. And this is what I love that I know our church is not like this. But I've been in churches where people have a subtraction, subtraction mindset. Well, I served. I'm not serving anymore. I put in my time, you know. Well, I just, I'm not giving. I never give. I just, not my thing. I don't give. And they, and they sit in the seats, and they come, and, and, they, and they never get in the game. But I know there's, there's other people that have an addition mindset. And the addition mindset is, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to give when I can. You know, as long as it doesn't make me too uncomfortable. You know, there, there's times, honestly, that I feel a little guilty because I'm not serving, I'm not giving, and I feel a little guilty, so I give a little bit, serve a little bit, whew, eases the guilt. Then I wait till the guilt comes back again. Or they do that plea for volunteers at Easter or Christmas, and then I get in just to do that. That's an addition mindset. But this is what I love about the people of Core Church. This is not how you are. You have a multiplication mindset. You are generous, and you are living sacrificially. You are sacrificially serving. 170 of you right now are on a core team. Like you're showing up early. You're staying late. People don't know your name. They don't know what you do, but you show up, and you are here making the sacrifice. I watched one lady today come in early for first service, 9 a.m. She gets out of her car by herself. I know she's married. I know she's got a little kid at home, and she's walking across the parking lot by herself to serve in the kids' ministry because she knows the children need me. I want to share Jesus with them. I'm going to make a sacrifice. And then second service comes, sits in the seat. Because she says, I know that people need me in here. They need me back there, and they need me right here. I'm going to make, listen, if you want to live on purpose, it's going to require sacrifice. Generous giving, you're some of the most generous people I know. Last year, over $400,000 was given for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. I, I, love, I love our partners. I love our core partners. Our core partners, uh, we have a, a partner uh, night tonight where they're going to gather. And if you're not a core partner, 
we want you to come. We want you to hear what it means to be a partner. We would love for you to become a partner. But tonight, we're going to gather as partners out there in the lobby, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate together because these are some people that are generous and sacrificial. I mean, these are people that get it like nobody else gets it. I mean, they're amazing, amazing people. And I would love for you to come. Six o'clock tonight, we'll have child care for you. Uh, but they're serving, they're giving. And, and last year, we had somebody who became a partner. And um, I want to read to you an email that uh, they sent me just this week. This is one I got from one of our partners. Last year, after partner night, I felt strongly about being a core partner. We were not in a financial situation where we could give 10%. Now, if you're new to church and you're like, what does that mean? Uh, we see this principle throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that um, the people gave about 10%. And so that's kind of our practice. It's kind of our standard, our gauge. Like if you wonder, am I generous? 10% is a pretty good gauge that, that we use um, for that. And he said, you encouraged us to pray and to determine an amount we could give regularly. You challenged us to push ourselves a little. And we did that. We have given off and on for years, but this past year, we have given every month. We increased the amount of our normal occasional offering when we signed our commitment card, and we recently made another small increase. I have seen God at work as we have been faithful to give. We need to continue to challenge ourselves to work towards the 10%, but each month, this is so cool, but each month knowing that we are giving what God has told us to give and knowing that he is working on us as we move in the right direction is such a blessing it seems he, this is great, it seems he opens the doors for us to give in other areas as well. I've been talking about that for several weeks if you've been here. God's watching you give, and he's like, I'm going to give you more. You're going to help people? I'm going to give you more. You're, you're gonna, I'm, I, I, got, I got a conduit here. I'm going to give you more. This finishes by saying, I'm excited to see where he takes us on this journey. This is who we are at Core Church. This is the kind of people we are. So in verse 43, at the, the last part of that verse, it just simply says this, the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. I, I just believe as you invest your life in others, God is going to multiply your impact. It's going to have a ripple effect. It is going to go beyond this church, beyond your workplace, beyond your campus, and it's going to have a ripple effect to city after city after city and into the nations. I just believe this is what God wants to do as we give our lives away. Is there anything better to give our lives away than for the hope, the healing, the peace, and the purpose for this world in Jesus?